everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's Minute 19, which I have beginning with Kenny swinging his arms in an arc and hitting this, like, ribbon decoration thing <laughs> that's hanging from a light or something. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Like, some sconce on the wall has, like, ribbon decorations hanging from it. And he, like, knocks right. into them and then... Like, writes it. Or, as I always saw it, what was that noise? Oh, I think he hit something. Oh, he's moved on. Okay. Yes. Like, I never see that sconce, sconce until he's hit it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that, But after he did that, I noticed that those ribbon things were hanging on stuff just all over this party. Like, they're everywhere. <laughs> right. In every, in every scene. Um, and I have this minute going through Denise saying, yeah, I'll, um, in response to Preston asking her, are you going to be okay? Right. So Seth Green's awesome. He's still. so good. <laughs> He's so ridiculous. I, I, I was just watching him and I was just like, I bet he had a billion of those. Like he could have gone hours just yes. doing different flexes and, and uh, hey, what's up? Like sort of stuff in the mirror for hours. Yes. Like. Yeah. They probably had a lot of unused footage. Yeah. They just like so, go off to film other scenes and, and just like put a camera on Seth for like yeah. an hour. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Um, in watching this, Denise uh, says, "Looks like someone's uh, trying to audition for Soul Train." You gonna tell me about Soul Train? Yeah, let's talk about Soul Train, and then let's talk about what about what that means because I think that might mean more than I ever thought of it meaning. Okay. So Soul Train was an American music dance television program which aired in syndication from October 1971 to March 27th, 2006. Oh wow, that's a long time. Yeah. In its 35-year history, the show primarily featured performances by R&B, soul, dance pop, and hip-hop artists, although funk, jazz, disco, and gospel artists also appeared. The series was created by Don Cornelius, who also served as its first host and first host and executive producer. I saw something in there about how like people often would call it the Black American Bandstand. Okay. Which was basically a white, uh, you know, a, a show hosted by Dick Clark that did the same thing. It was yeah. just sort of like we're going to have bands on to play their songs and we're going to show teens dancing yeah um and don cornelius said that he did sort of crib the idea of it american bandstand but that as years went on he was like hey stop it it's its own thing like stop calling it the black american bandstand it's soul train let's just chill out with that bit of trivia the day after can hardly wait came out the penultimate episode of season 27 of Soul Train came out. It was the 31st episode of the season and the 892nd episode of the show. Damn. It featured performances by Chico DeBarge, Silk 130, and Joe. Oh, Joe. So, Joe is the name of, uh, is the person that I've heard of from this list. And it still baffles me that he had any sort of career at all with, I guess SEO was less important back in the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and what's fun is that he was on one of the Chico DeBarge singles. So it was like, oh, of course he should be there because he can sing his part on the song of the other people. So that's oh, cool. yeah. So her saying that he's trying to try out for Soul Train, I think is a reference to look at that white kid who dresses like a black kid. Yeah. And acts like a black kid. Yeah. It's a weirdly, it's a weird comment. <laughs> Like, it's fun and, and like, kind of sarcastic and right up and is, is in line with her character. 
But it's it's interesting that it's doing a lot more work than I ever realized that it was not just sort of like a uh, reference to Soul Train. Cool. Like it's like this guy is trying to pass as black almost. Oh, yeah. I've always gotten that. Yeah, I did not. Oh, that's not. interesting because I I didn't really know what Soul Train was. I just knew that it yeah. I knew that it was a music performance TV show and that it had a yeah. lot of black artists on it. Yep. And that's correct. And that was all I needed to know to basically be her like, look at him trying to pretend he's black. I think I'm so in Preston's head for most of my viewings of this movie that I don't even, I'm like, (laughs) Seth Green being funny, but I'm mostly just in Preston's head being like, yeah, go talk to Amanda. Go talk to like, interesting. I'm pretty all, all of this time. I'm, I, I very much identified with, with Preston, not because we share many qualities at all but just from a from a a character arc standpoint Uh i'm like yes i am also the hero of a romantic comedy yes (laughs) you know it it will shock you to hear that i do identify quite a bit with denise um and so i have paid quite a bit of attention to denise's arc (laughs) in in this movie yeah we're we're just preston and denise and and basically that means that yeah, we, we're coming for your jobs, writers and directors of this movie. Yep. Because we can tell that you are them too. Yep. So, <laughs> because they, they are the least caricature. They are definitely the uh, normal people yeah. at this party full of stereotypes. And yes. so they're clearly the... <laughs> yes, they are the Mary Sues. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Preston asks if she has to make fun of everyone. Mm-hmm. She basically says, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have a note that we learned that Denise and Kenny were good friends back in fourth grade. Yes. They used to have sleepovers. Uh-huh. Denise says, do you want to talk about who you were friends with in fourth grade? Which I wish they would explore a little more, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I have to imagine that it's probably people who are... Probably, like, William. <laughs> William, jock number three, and uh, homeboy number one were... like, And Preston were tight. Oh, man. That I want that fan fiction. Someone write that fan fiction. <laughs> Just bat calculating relationships. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> we also learn that Denise and Preston dated mm-hmm. for one week in eighth grade. Yeah. I imagine it was a situation where they recognized a kindred spirit in one another. And as hormonal adolescents, they were like, I guess that means we should date. And then very yeah. quickly realized that, oh, no, we can just be friends. And right. that's perfectly fine and all we need it yeah it feels all i could also see it being like they dated for one week but like they saw each other two of those days and yeah. like they said they were dating and yeah it was like a status thing yeah and <laughs> I, honestly i kind of feel like it's probably both they probably yeah. you know mistook in in their hormone addled brains they mistook a clear like soulmate friendship right for, well, because we are preteens, I guess we have to kiss each other. Right. And that's not the case, preteens <laughs> listening. You don't have to kiss each other. You can just be friends. All you preteens listening. <laughs> you can just be friends. It's fine. That's true. Then Preston, uh, Preston, I guess let's talk about this for a sec. Maybe there's nothing here. If what a re- What a strange relationship they have. What an interesting friendship they have. If I ever with any of my female friends said have you always been this bitchy i would expect and rightly so retribution very very 
hard across my face. Like it, like he, but he says it like, I mean, maybe they've had this com- this conversation before or she's said something or whatever, but like, it's so not reacted to that it feels weird to me. So, okay. So did you search bitchy? I did. So what <laughs> happens up leading up to this line is they see Amanda and her three girlfriends like in some it's probably the fancy room that no one's allowed it's to go the, in. I'm sure it's the fancy it's, room. It yeah. looks like the fancy room. And they're like <laughs> sitting around. They're all like clustered around Amanda. And yeah. Preston's like, I don't, do you see her? Do you see her? And Denise goes, yeah, she's right there and points at her. And so Preston grabs Denise's right. arm and drags her away. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, I can't believe you pointed at her. Oh, my goodness. She And Denise is like, what is wrong with you? She didn't see me. Are you hyperventilating? And he says, no, I'm centering myself. I'm harnessing my chi. <laughs> and she's like, what? He goes, I'm harnessing my chi. Don't laugh at me. And she says, were you this weird when we went out? And to which he responds, were you this bitchy when we went out? And I really think that it is just their relationship. Like, yeah. And honestly, she's been kind of bitchy this entire movie so far. Like, she's making fun of everyone. She's just being, like, snarky and unpleasant. I know you don't like the word bitchy. I, yeah. But she's being, if you replace that with some of the other things that, like, she's being mean, quite frankly. She's being mm. mean and annoyed and, like, cranky with him for wanting right. to go to this party for wanting to talk to Amanda. So I don't think it's the, the word bitchy doesn't bother me. I don't yeah. think it's misplaced here. I think I think that if he had said were you always this mean or were you always this cranky, it would have worked just as well. I agree. But I, agree. I think because they're teenagers, yeah, who like to say swear words just because they can say swear words, I think bitchy is perfectly fine in this context. Yeah. Hmm. As a character choice, it's fine. I think it just, it says, it informs us some some more about the characters that they're portraying. Yeah. Like, I think it shows that, that he's comfortable saying with that and that clearly his comfort is justified. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, yeah, I think it's fine. I just, we were just talking about how, like, I'm Preston. And I'm like, like, and I think that. And then he says that, and I'm like, Oh, I would never say that. Yeah, but if you think like, about the two of us in this same situation, if you had said something like I'm you wouldn't have said I'm harnessing my chi, but you would have been like I wouldn't you would have I, I can see you being like, no, I'm not hyperventilating. I'm just you really stress me out. Like in like I yeah. can see you getting like all up in your head about it, and I can see myself being like, Have you always been like this? And you responding, yeah. have you always been like this? Which is really, I mean, it's like a tit for tat thing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I also, I don't know. It there's a whole party persona situation. Yeah. Anyways, it, it it's it's not it's not something that we need to necessarily dwell on. I just thought it very much spoke to uh, a shared comfort with each other, mm-hmm. a tr- a faith in each other. To you know, on his side, I can use this word, and you're not going to take it in a way that is. I'm insulting or degrading you. Right. I'm using it the way perhaps I've previously used it or whatever. <laughs> the way you have used it to describe yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I can see. Can't you see a, a like a conversation of them in like 10th grade where he's like, you're just acting so just it. And she's like, Preston, just say bitchy. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> so 
it, it just it just is an interesting way to really um, ex- expose some of their character faith in each other. Yeah. Through like a sort of like, ooh, he like how scintillating a, a curse word and stuff yeah. like that. So I think she's like, yeah, probably. Yeah. Her response is, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I was a bitchy eighth grader for that whole week, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so then then Preston resolves in sort of a 137 exactly Joe mm-hmm. sort of way. I'm going to go give her the letter right now. Yeah. And he walks off and in the most James way is like, oh, hold on. And he turns right back around and is like, are you going to be okay? I, I immediately regret our fight. Yes. Or our banter. Like, are you going to be okay? I care about you. You're my friend. Yes. I have two notes about this moment. One is yeah. he's going to go give her the letter, which I did write in capital, like capital T, capital L, the letter. Right. Sure. While she's surrounded by all of her friends, double question mark. Bad move, Preston. No, Don't. thank you. <laughs> no, nothing about that is a good idea. And my other note is that it's sweet that he thought to ask Denise if she's going to be okay, even though it was an afterthought. Right. But like, I, right. I think it says a lot about him and also about the nature of their friendship that he like you know he he kind of was on his mission and then he's like oh no wait i need to take care of this other thing first right so yeah yeah he he kind of got caught up in the moment and then realized wait wait wait, hold on yeah another person i care about needs tending to or you know needs and he makes sure she's okay and whatever wasn't there i think there was a moment in crossroads where we were like I would never go up to a group of girls and be like, hey, let's go out or whatever. Just because like, oh yeah, it was it was Anson Mount asking if she was mad at him, if Brittany was mad at him in the car with her friends. Oh yeah, yeah, we were yeah. Like, you're never going to do that when she's with her friends. That's a, just a bad move. Another bad move is don't give her a, a, an important item Yeah. when she's with her friends and... And also she's just broken up with the other guy. Well, and it's not like she was standing around, like, you know, dancing, having party time with her friends. They were clearly in the middle of, like, they were having, like, a conversation. It was a moment. It was not a time that you interrupt them for any reason. Yeah. One of the recurring things that happens in this movie, and I think we've already had, we've already had one, are, like, in pop-up video, it would be, like, a counter of times when it would have been appropriate for Preston to give her the letter. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like when she walked by, hey Amanda, hey Amanda, um, hi. Like just say say words. Yeah, maybe don't then, give, don't just say hey Amanda and hand her the letter. Maybe a little bit of preamble of you know, remember me, Preston? We sat next to each other in ninth grade homeroom. Like that would have been an appropriate time to flag her down and yeah. start the conversation. Not when she's in the fancy room with her friends, which people aren't even supposed to be in the fancy room. Yeah. First of all, right. So yeah. Yep, so that is all I have for this minute. Yep, same here. So do you want to do social media today? Desperately. I desperately do. (laughs) We are on Twitter as a podcast, and actually going forward with all our future By The Minute podcasts, uh, at J-E underscore Minute Movies. Individually, we're on Twitter. I am at Unabashed James. And I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. We are part of the Scavengers Network, uh, which has lots and lots of great shows, one of which we'll put an ad for after the this show is over. Yeah. And it's about to be over. Um, but, well, I mean, yeah, we actually, we should, we, should, we should really just kind of wrap this up. Yep. Because... Time is honeys. Go hot dogs. <laughs> the Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. 
community-focused, treasured content. Hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear and tell you about the comedy podcast on Natural 20s. Do we really want to limit ourselves to just saying we're only a comedy podcast? You're right. We have a lot to offer, like intellectual conversations. Well, did you guys know Australia once lost a war entirely to emus? Do you think emus frown upside down because they're in Australia? Like they're below the equator? Yeah, duh. Health and fitness. Pasta is great, but you usually have a lot of extras, but have no fear. Thigh warm pasta is here. Plop the bag of leftover pasta on your thighs and eat those puppies like popcorn. We have microwaves. I have thighs. You know what? Actually, we can never decide what we're going to talk about. And that's why we leave the fate of each episode up to the rolls of a D20. So download Unnatural 20s on your favorite podcast app and roll with us every Monday. Every Monday.